What's up you guys? So I told you I was gonna make you something really good and this is gonna be an introduction to day trading. Now this is stuff that I wish I knew when I first started trading. And this is really geared towards the beginners, but if you are an experienced trader, you might wanna stick around because there is stuff in here that you might find really interesting that you might uncover some misconceptions that you might've had, might break some limiting beliefs that could be keeping you from making even more profits and you know minimizing your losses even further. And so there's something here for everyone and I just wanted to provide as much value as possible. So this is going to be a little longer than usual. Um, again, plenty of value here. If you go through this whole thing, you find out that there's no value, feel free to leave a scaling review. If you find out that there's tons of value here, feel free to leave an awesome review. I appreciate either way. Just let me know in the comments down below and let me know just in general, like what you guys want to see more of because I am loving actually providing this stuff for you guys. I've been getting very good responses recently. Um, people are actually able to take action now and just, you know, avoid all the mistakes that I made and actually get to where I am, but much faster. And that's the whole purpose of all this stuff. And so let's get into it. Now, what we'll be covering today? Now, first thing we're going to be covering is actually defining trading because, you know, believe it or not, people actually don't really know what trading is. I get people that ask me like, oh, is it like investing? You know, oh, you're just, you know, buying stocks and holding it for like two years, hoping it's going to go up. Um, you know, they get misconstrued and start thinking that it's going to be this thing like, um, oh, it's going to be like swing trading, right? Like, well, maybe it could be like swing trading, it could be other stuff. There's tons of different types of trading. We're going to be defining exactly what type of trading we're going to be doing. And also, we're going to be helping you guys figure out what kind of trading might best fit your goals and what kind of best trading will fit your personality because that is an important thing. Trading is very personable. Um, there are a lot of things that are consistent across the board for traders, but at the end of the day, everyone's a little bit different, and so it depends on who the person is. The next thing we're going to be talking about is common misconceptions that even experienced traders have. Now, this is something that... You know, even me, like I traded for three years without being profitable. And I had a lot of misconceptions about trading that it took a lot of higher experienced people that really knew what they were doing to actually over, like just completely open my eyes to these things. And once I experienced these, you know, the actual truth of how trading actually works, that's really when I became profitable. That's really when my account just started blowing up. The third thing we're going to be talking about is risks in day trading. Now, you know, day trading, unlike, you know, like everything else has risks and you know there's there's risks with everything that we do in life there's risks even for the safe route like you know you go to college you go take a get a job whatever it is there's risks in that and it might be different risks you know like trading there are legitimate financial risks right you can make a ton of money with trading you don't have to work that much i trade for like 30 minutes an hour a day there are days where i make tens of thousands of dollars but there are financial risks when we have to face that. You know, if you go the safe route, your risk might still be that, you know, you could potentially lose the job. But for a lot of people, it's often being the risk of, you know, that what if, like, what if I had actually, you know, chased my dreams? What if I actually had, you know, taken that leap to go and just do whatever it took to actually accomplish what I wanted to accomplish? Um, so many of us, we are faced with these choices and I was faced with a very similar choice. You know, I was actually on track in college to go to medical school, had great MCAT scores. I was on track to really do well, but it wasn't for me. I looked down the path. I looked down 12 years down the line of just, you know, another 12 years of education. And I was like, why am I actually doing this? And the answer was, it was just for the money. And so I realized that there are better ways to make that same money and in a much faster, um, you know, 
time frame as opposed to just waiting 12 years and then getting into like $400,000 in debt. And so I started going after trading and it's worked out pretty well for me. I wouldn't trade the skill for anything else in the world. It feels like a superpower, but it still comes with risks. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about too. And then finally, we're gonna be talking about defining your goals and setting yourself up for success because actually understanding what you're doing here and what the actual metric for success looks like, what success looks like for you specifically is incredibly important. And we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff because so many people come to me and they're like, I want to make two million a year. And I'm like, cool, that's possible. Why though? And, you know, them telling themselves that they want to make this X amount just because it's a number in their head without actually knowing why becomes problematic because unless you have a really strong reason for doing something, it's going to be hard to actually achieve it. And so actually defining like what kind of lifestyle you want, how much is that going to cost? And then going after that number, oftentimes it's so much easier for people if they actually understand exactly what they want to do. And so we'll be talking about all that stuff. Now, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Otavio. I am a full-time day trader, full-time in quotes, because I only trade for like 30 minutes to an hour a day. And so I have the rest of my day to do whatever I want. And a lot of times it's making stuff like this for you guys. I am trying to put out more and more content, trying to get better at it. And so if you guys have any feedback, let me know. I really do appreciate it. And I'm 24 years old. And in the last two years, I've grown my trading account of about over 12,000% from $3,700 to over $450,000. Now, when I typed this out, it was 450. We just crossed a half a million mark. So it's a little, it's a little incorrect there, but in a good way. On top of that, I've recently also grown a second small account challenge from $3,000 to over $90,000 in profits in just 14 days. And the best part, I did it all with less than an hour of work each day. Also, a little bit of an error there because as of today, it's not day 14 of um, the small account challenge. It's actually day 18. And we are not, we didn't turn $3,000 into $90,000. We actually turned $3,000 into over $120,000 in 18 days. So that's another little tidbit that's, you know, a little incorrect, but absolutely more positive than the other one. So that's a little bit about me, a little bit of reason why you should actually be <laughs> listening to what I have to say here, um, because, you know, it took me three years to figure this stuff out to actually become a profitable trader. And so I know what failure looks like. I know what years of failing looks like. And I'm making this stuff because I don't want you guys to actually have to go through that because it was brutal. And if there was a better way, I would have 100% taken it. So you guys are absolutely going to love this one. So let's dive into it. Now, the first thing I want you guys to understand is that before you start trading with your money, you want to prove that you can be profitable. This is what I teach my students. This is what worked for me when I actually finally decided to take the right steps because, you know, I get it. Opening a new account was one of the most exciting things I've ever done. However, when it comes down to it, it's critical that you do not trade with real life funds until you've proven yourself that you can actually do it successfully and apply whatever trading knowledge that you know in a simulator and prove profitability on a consistent basis. A lot of traders, they'll come and tell you that paper trading, you know, sim simulator trading, it doesn't really work. I disagree. I think it's phenomenal. It's worked very well for me. It allows you to actually practice the skills that are going to make you money in a controlled and safe environment. You practice with the exact same data, the exact same technology, and the exact same tools that you use in real life, but you're not risking any real money. And so you can keep doing it until you're actually consistently profitable. And then from there, you go live, and you kind of hit the ground running, you just kind of skyrocket. That's kind of how it works for us. 
And it worked really well for me. What I did first is I started with real money. And guess what? I lost money because I didn't know what I was doing. And so it took me a long time to actually make the commitment to take a step back, practice in the simulator first, where it's less pressure to actually, you know, try to deal with that money, learn exactly how to do stuff, and then go back and actually do things right. Um, it really works for me. And so that's why I always want to tell people is prove that you can be profitable before trading with real money. So you have, you, you know, for a fact that you have the skills to do it. You come into the real market with real money, with conviction that you can execute those trades properly, that you know that so long as you do things and you stick things to the rules, you stick things to the way everything was designed by your trading plan, you're going to make money in the long run. And that's the best thing about sim trading, in my opinion. Now, Let's start by defining day trading. Now, what exactly is day trading? Now, day trading can simply be defined as buying or selling stock or a piece of a company and then quickly taking your money out of that stock within a few minutes or hours to actually make some money over it. So if I were to buy, let's say, some Apple stock for $100 and, you know, two hours later, it's $110 and I sell that, I made $10, right? Now, this doesn't sound like a lot of money, but what if I actually bought a bunch of Apple stock? What if I bought a thousand shares of Apple stock, right? So instead of making $10, I made $10,000 in profit. That's kind of how trading works. And the cool thing is that trading is a skill that scales, in my opinion, at least to a, to a decent extent. If you can make, let's say, $10 a day, you have $100 in your account. You can make $10 a day. That's 10% of the account every single day. That's phenomenal profits. If you can do that on a consistent basis, what's stopping you from going and just, you know, going from $100 in your account to $10,000 in account and just making $1,000 a day? There's not really that much stopping you. Now, can you do that same thing forever? No, there are some limitations in trading, but you can go pretty far. Like for me, I think I'm going to cap out at about 5 million to like, you know, 6 million a year. Now that's plenty of money for me. Like I do not need to, <laughs> I don't need to chase anymore. Um, if you do want to go further than that, you kind of do have to pivot. You kind of have to do things a little bit differently. My mentor, he started his trading account with a little more than my $3,700. He started his account with $20 million and he took his account to over 300 million total. And you know, it's, it was a different ball game for him, right? So he had more capital. He had different ways of trading. He had to be a little more risk adverse and he had to take things much slower because you can't just dump, you know, $20 million into a position and just expect it to work out. You have to be a little more tactical. One advantage that we have as traders that we'll talk about later is that we are actually able to go in and be much more precise with our trades. We're actually able to take easier trades than like, let's say someone that's trading for a hedge fund. It's much easier for us and people don't really understand that. People try to trade like, you know, professional hedge fund traders when really they're the ones that are at a disadvantage sometimes. Now, let's go back to the slide here. Now, there are fundamentally two different sides of trading, right? There's buying long and short selling. Those are the two things. So buying long is the example that I just gave you, where if I buy Apple at $100 and I sell it at $10, my goal is for the stock price to go up. So I'm buying long. And so I make money if the stock price goes up. Short selling is the exact opposite. So if I short sell a stock at 100 and the stock price goes down to 90, then that means I just made some money because I make money as the stock price goes down. 
Now, traders who prefer to short sell are known as short bias traders, and traders who prefer overall to actually buy long are known as long bias traders. Now, for me, I used to be a heavy long bias trader. Like 90% of my trades used to be long bias. If you look at my more recent trades, maybe half of them are, are shorting, half of them are going long. The reason for this is that I found that if you are purely one-sided, that you are going to start looking for trades that aren't there. If you're telling yourself, I'm only going to go long all the time, you're going to look at stocks and you're not going to look at the obvious things. You're going to start allowing yourself to actually like tell you, hey, this thing, you know, it, it looks like it's going to go up. It looks like it's going to go up, even though every other indication is telling you that it's going to go down. And so by being kind of like half-half, having the best of both worlds, you're able to look at something and you can say, okay, well, this is going to go up. The obvious, it's obvious right now. And then when the, when the, when the, when the mood shifts, you can actually look at it and be like, okay, it's going to go down. And you can accept that because you're not trying to force the trade. You just trade what's actually happening in front of you. And so the cool thing is that, you know, if something skyrockets, let's say it goes up from, you know, $10 a share to $30 a share in like a couple hours, you can make money going up. And as things tip over, you can make money on going down. So you can basically get two sides of the move, double the money that you can make. Now, if you're buying, again, you're essentially looking for the price of the stock or the asset to go up. For example, you buy 100 shares of a stock at $7, you would want the price of each of those shares to go up in order for you to make money. Now, if you are short selling, you're basically borrowing shares from someone else and selling those borrowed shares in hopes that the stock price will go down. Because once the stock price goes down, you will go ahead and buy the same amount of shares. Let's say I borrow one share of Apple, right, at $100. So I'm just, you know, they loan me those shares. And the thing with short selling is that if the stock price goes down to, let's say, $70 a share, what I can do is because I'm, I'm borrowing those shares, I have one share. It doesn't matter what the price is. I can go ahead and I can buy. I can buy that new that new price at seventy dollars. Now I have two shares, and I just return the shares that I borrowed. And so essentially, I borrowed one share when it was a hundred, and all the person who lent it to me, all they care about is getting back the share. They don't care what price it was. And so I can give back a share that I went ahead and bought for seventy dollars, and I can keep a thirty dollar profit, just like that. And that's how short selling works. And that's how you can make money when the stock price goes down. Now, if you go ahead and you start short selling, one thing that is important to actually understand is that short selling does carry its own unique risks in comparison to buying long, which is one of the reasons why I kind of avoided short selling for a long time. But if you understand these risks properly, it really isn't that much of an issue. In fact, you can, like I said before, you can actually make you know just as much money going long as you can um, shorting and vice versa. Now, when you purchase a stock, the worst case scenario is that the stock price goes to zero and you lose your investment, right? If I bought, you know, a hundred shares, you know, if I bought a hundred dollars worth of Apple, you know, one share of Apple, the worst thing that could happen is that the stock goes bankrupt. Like Apple goes bankrupt, you know, the stock price goes to zero, I lose my hundred dollar investment, right? When you short sell, the potential for the stock to continue to go up is theoretically unlimited. Right? Because you make money when the stock price goes down, you lose money when the stock price goes up. And theoretically, there's no real cap on how high Apple can go. You know, Apple can go up to $1,000 a share, you have up to $2,000 a share, $3,000, it can keep going. 
And this means that you have theoretically unlimited risk when short selling since you lose money when a stock price goes up. And that also means that you have a cap on how much money you can make because the lowest it can go is zero. And so if I, you know, if I short one share of Apple, the most I can make is $100, but the most I can lose is theoretically unlimited. When going long, the most I can lose is $100, but the most I can make is theoretically unlimited. And so this is essentially the, the theoretical risk that comes with short selling. Another problem with short selling is that there is a limitation called short sale restriction or SSR. If you look at my trades, my trading videos, like the small account challenge, in fact, um, today, there was one stock that I traded, I had SSR. And this is put in place to keep stocks from crashing. When short sale restriction is enabled for a stock, a trader can only short sell when the price is going up. And so this helps prevent a lot of short sellers, people that are trying to like push the stock price down from piling on and forcing the stock to crash. Now, this is kind of just a preventative measure, but this is a good example of how the United States market fundamentally prefers to trade on the long side and is more likely to rise over time. And so if we look here, this built-in bias, we can see this is one of the primary reasons why the U.S. economy has steadily grown over the last 100 years, despite previous economic crashes. We can see that like it pops up, it comes back down, pops up, comes back down. It has these ups and downs, but overall, since the 40s, it's been in a complete uptrend. It has not stopped. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this. It could be, you know, part of it's like a debt-based economy. It could be all sorts of stuff. But as like the short sale restriction and the prevention of short sellers and people looking to crash a stock and make money off of that and the keeping people from doing that is part of the reason why this has continued to actually just kind of increase. There we go. So... Now we can see that, you know, the U.S. economy over the last hundred years has continuously grown. Now, the question is, if the U.S. economy is expected to go continuously over time, why not just simply invest in the overall stock market? Why not just buy into the S&P 500 and wait for the inevitable profits? Like, why not? Now, the problem with long term investing is that it takes years to actually see significant results. You know, like while long term investors will look to make, you know, five to 10 percent of their portfolio per year. Day traders, you know, we can look to make five to 10% in just a single day, you know, in this small account challenge alone within the last 20 trading days, I've had days where I've made not only like five or 10% on a day today, I made 20, what was it today? Yesterday, I made 25% on the entire account. You know, the account was at around the you know, night $5,000 and I made about $24,000 on the day. I had a day earlier in the account where I made 108% on the day. And so we can look and see, okay, well, you know, per year, a long-term investor is looking to make five to 10%. Per day, we're looking to make five to 10%. So we make the same, some, like sometimes we'll make the same amount that they, like one person will make an entire year, we make that in one day. That's the power of trading. And so to accomplish this, we can't think like investors. We have to approach the markets with a different mindset. We look for stocks that have a massive potential for fast and powerful moves and day traders. We understand that with this comes higher levels of risk. There's higher levels of risk associated with trading and with just trading more volatile markets and they decrease the risk by actually trading much faster than classic investors. And so in order to make an investing years worth of profits in a single day, we first need to one potentially purchase a lot more stocks than we normally would, right? 
because let's say a stock is going from, you know, uh, $10 a share to $11 a share, right? In order for us to make as much money as an investor would, we have to take a lot more share size in order to move it up forward. But that is more risk, but we can mitigate that risk by actually going ahead and decreasing the amount of time we spend in the trade. A lot of traders that I talk to, a lot of traders that I know, they like to hold trades for you know an hour, two hours, three hours. Some, day, some traders even go for swing trades, which is like overnight holds. I have found that at least for me, and at least for the people that I have taught, what works best is minimizing the time you spend in the trade. Because you're by doing so, you're minimizing something called your exposure risk. And your exposure risk is simply the amount of money you have in a trade. Let's say you put in like $2,000 in a trade times the amount of time you actually spend in that trade overall. And so exposure risk is really just how much time your money is exposed to the chaos and the unpredictability of the market. And the more time you're there, the more time you're exposed for something bad to happen that you don't want to happen. And so my thought process was, okay, if I can minimize my exposure risk, I can actually take more shares. I can be more aggressive because I'll have a better chance of actually predicting what's going to happen in the market. Now, since there's two components of the exposure risk, there's two ways of actually going about it. The first way is actually decreasing the amount of money you put in. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to trading, you actually need money to make money. And if we decrease the amount of money that we put into the trade, we're not going to make as much money. Not good. Now, the other way is actually decrease the amount of time we spend in the trade. Because if we go ahead and we take the, you know, instead of trading for like five hours, try to predict what's going to happen in five hours from now, we try to predict what's going to happen in the next five minutes, it's much easier for us to get that, you know, prediction correct. And so we are allowed to actually be much more aggressive because our accuracy rate goes up, right? So on average, we're going to be more accurate than not. And so we can actually go ahead and take a little more risk that evens everything out and still make more money. Now, what is the fundamental difference between trading and investing? Now, fundamentally, the difference between traders and investors is that while investors look to own a piece of a company with the expectation that it's going to be a good company and it will continue to grow, day traders, you know, we look to perform a similar process, except that we don't really particularly care if the stock price will grow over the next five to 10 years. All we care about is how much it will grow in the next few minutes, the days, or even weeks. I will tell you this. If I trade a stock that is moving up extremely quickly, I could care less if tomorrow the stock goes bankrupt. It is not my problem because my trades are anywhere between 30 seconds to 20 minutes. And so once I'm done, I'm done. I've made my money. I walked away. I, I'm not investing in the company. I don't own a piece of the company. I already, I already profited. And so if the stock price you know, tanks the next day or you know it goes against my move, that's fine. I'm not in it. The problem with investing is that you really have to focus in on the quality of the company. Like you can't just invest in like, you know, just here and there for random companies. You really have to read a lot. Warren Buffett reads four hours a day. And this isn't like light reading. This is like really just boring shit of just actual just company fundamentals, looking at balance sheets every single day. And he says that if he makes one to two good decisions of investing, of investing per year, he's done his job. Can you imagine reading just boring stuff for four hours a day only to make one decision a year? He He's a billionaire. He makes a lot of money. But it took a long time to get there. 
And, you know, I don't know about you, but I would like to have some money now. And again, you know, like I said, long-term investing, the problem is that it takes years. Now, another misconception that people have is that trading is like gambling. And this is a very unfortunate one. And I get why that is. In fact, I personally have a family member that has, you know, an unfortunate gambling mentality and they tried to trade, you know, penny stocks and they lost quite a bit of money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And when it comes to trading, we cannot think like gamblers because day trading to be successful in trading, you cannot, you cannot just throw money at the wall and expect to make money in return consistently. You might get lucky. You might get lucky, but the likelihood of that is very low. And so in trading, we don't focus on just actually hitting the profits. I have a saying that I say a lot is that traders focus on the risk. Gamblers focus on the profits. Because the trader's number one job, in my opinion, is to, is to understand the risks that are inherent in the market that are coming in with the trade. Look at that risk and then say, okay, this is how much I'm risking. Can I make at least double that or more? If the answer is yes and the trade looks good, take the trade. If not, don't take the trade. It's not worth it. And I think the main difference when it comes to trading and gambling is that in gambling, you're playing against the house. The odds, they're just stacked against you. And, you know, with skill and effort, you can improve them, but you'll never actually beat the odds. Because remember, the house is just trying to make money. Now, with trading, on the other hand, you can improve your skills and you can shift the odds in the favor. So that eventually you work hard enough and with enough skill, you eventually become the house. That's the cool thing about trading is that, yeah, initially you don't know anything. You don't know how to trade. And so it is like gambling. You have no knowledge to base your decision off of, but you learn and you get better and better and better. And as you get better, the odds start shifting in your favor. And all of a sudden you start getting the power. And once you're powerful enough, you're the one who becomes the house. You're the one who starts taking in the money consistently. It's not just some luck that actually makes you money. I still get comments to this day on my video saying that trading is all luck. How? How is it possibly all luck? If I have consistently generated profits over the last two years, it's not a matter of me, you know, taking, you know, my $3,700 account. I took one lucky trade. You know, I went long. I just yellowed it on crypto and I turned it into a half a million. And that's it. That's not how that worked. It was consistent and deliberate actions over and over again, which can only be attributed to skill. It cannot be luck. And so I think that is the main difference between trading and gambling. And I think this is something that's important for you guys to understand because my family, when I started trading back when I was in college and my family did not like it whatsoever. And it was extremely difficult to actually bring it up especially with that family member that I mentioned that lost a lot of money. You know, it was, it, it was, a, it was, it was almost like taboo in my family. And so I just didn't talk about it anymore. I didn't have anyone rooting for me. I had people actually going against me and it was tough to actually deal with that. But I understood fundamentally that I'm not a gambler. I'm strategic. I have, I can acquire the skill of trading and I can be successful with it if I do the right stuff. Another thing when it comes to gambling versus trading is that in gambling, once you're in, you're in. You know, if you put 60K on, on black on roulette, that's it, you're in. There's rarely an opportunity to pull out of a bet break even. However, when it comes to trading, 
you are always in control to get out before things become too bad. There are times where you'll watch me trade on my live videos and you'll see that I just took the money out because I felt like things are, aren't really moving. I would rather just, you know, get out break even and, you know, instead of risking things actually becoming worse, it's actually losing money. And so in trading, you are in full control of when you exit your trade. And because of this, you are in command of how big your losses are going to be and how big your winners are going to be. And so you're always allowed to actually, you know, make your losses as small as possible. And you're allowed to actually just let your winners run and be as big as possible. That's how massive accounts are grown so quickly. This is the true distinguisher between trading and gambling because it's what allows us to properly manage the inherent risks that come in the market. But properly managing risks takes discipline, which is why we so heavily emphasize developing a strong and resilient mindset that you can focus on and so that within that single hour of trading, you can actually go ahead and make money. Right. A lot of quite one of the main questions I have for my students is that, you know, do you think you can be disciplined to trade? And some of them have even told me, you know, no, I'm not a disciplined person. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Some people aren't. I used to not be disciplined. It used to take me so much effort to actually put myself in the chair to actually do the work to study in college. You know, it took a lot of discipline. But the real question is, do you think you can be disciplined enough for that one hour out of the day that actually matters, that one hour they're actually going to make money? Can you be disciplined during that one hour and in exchange you get paid tens of thousands of dollars? Well, I haven't had a single person say no to that because, you know, I think anyone can be disciplined enough for that. Now, even though you make a ton of money, this doesn't mean trading doesn't have risks. Let's talk about the risks and its relationship with trading. Now, as traders, in my opinion, our number one job is not to chase profits. Our number one job should be to think about and manage the risks of the market before even considering any potential profit in a trade. For example, day traders understand the higher levels of risk associated with trading more volatile markets and they decrease their risk by trading much faster than classic investors. We talked about this. Now, in order to actually make a year's worth of profits in a day, we do have to actually take a bit more risk in the form of actually taking more stocks, more options contracts, more assets, whatever it is, we have to do it more than an investor normally would. And sometimes in order to do this, we can use margin, we can use, we can use borrowed money. This is something that I just did. I used it for my main account when I first started and I used it for my small account challenge. This is one of the reasons why I was able to grow so quickly because I was using uh, leverage that took my base account, let's say it was $3,000 and they gave me $18,000 of buying power. Some traders, you know, they'll actually do this. They'll actually borrow funds from their broker for a few minutes in order to purchase more of a specific asset. For example, a trader with a $5,000 trading account might use margin, borrowed money, to have up to six times the buying power they would normally have. And so instead of them being able to purchase $5,000 worth of stock, they can now purchase $30,000 worth of stock. And so by trading with margin, traders can increase their profits between two to 20 times what they would get with their base account. If a trader can make 10% of the $30,000 of buying power that they have per day, they'll make $3,000 a day with only a $5,000 initial account, right? This is one of the ways why I was actually able to take my account when it was about, you know, I think it was like 18K on day eight of the small account challenge. And I took it to like 37,000 or something like that in a day, 
because I was using margin, I had the buying power to actually come in and just take more shares to dump into the obvious move that I knew was actually gonna work for me. That's, you know, in cases like this, you know, it's 108% for me, you know, going in taking a $5,000 account and adding $3,000 um, with margin, that's a 50% increase for a single person in one day. 50%, that's a lot of money. So you can actually just imagine just how quickly a small account can grow through margin. You know, some people don't believe me when I tell them like how much money I've made so far in just the last 18 days. But if you can understand margin, if you can understand how leverage works, you can see how just how quickly it can grow if you land the right moves, if you have the right skill set. And like I said before, you know, I use margin for both of my small accounts. And it's partially why it's gone up from 3,000 over 90,000 in the first 14 days. And in fact, that 25% move that I just did um, yesterday, I actually didn't even use that much margin. I didn't even, I didn't use that much buying power. And so that 25% move was almost purely just me trading with the account that I had. And that's the cool thing about trading is that like in the beginning, yeah, use margin, but once you get big enough, you don't need it at all. You can, you can, you don't have to use it whatsoever. You decrease the risk substantially and you just make the money with the money that you have. Now, with that said, margin is a double edged sword and it will cut both ways if you are not careful. The risk of making a mistake that can cost a trader a large portion of their account is high, and this is unfortunately the fate for most inexperienced traders. Most of the time, these account-ending mistakes come from an inability to properly manage the risk. Remember that if you use margin, the potential for profits is six times, 10 times as high, but the potential for the loss is just as high if you do not manage the risk properly. And so that is why you've seen so far, like I constantly emphasize, you know, make your losers as small as possible and make your winners as large as possible because you can offset the difference and then the profits are just completely overshadowing whatever losses that you take. And so here's a poor risk management example. Imagine a trader who makes nine good trades in a row, right? So they have a 90% accuracy rate. They might have risked $50 a trade and they could have made $100 each trade. Now in total, right, they would result in about $900 in profit. Now, what happens when they lose on the 10th trade and instead of cutting the loss at $50 and moving on to the next trade with a better opportunity, because you know, if you have a 90% accuracy rate, it's probably in your best interest to actually just cut the loss. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I accidentally activated um, Google, but um, weird. Anyways, um, that scared the shit out of me because it's like one a.m. right now, and I was like, "Who?" I was like, "Who is who is who's talking behind me?" Um, where was I? So, let's go back and kind of just backtrack. So they have nine hundred dollars in profit. If you have a ninety percent accuracy rate. It's in your best interest to actually go ahead and just cut that loss because you know that if you go to the next trade, you have a very high chance of actually making money on that next trade, assuming that you're sticking to your skills, or you're sticking to your discipline. However, let's say this person ended up losing on the 10th trade, but instead of cutting their loss at $50 and moving on to the next trade with a better opportunity, they decide to buy more shares at a lower price in hopes of the stock coming back up. Now, unfortunately, 
the stock continues to drop and their losses continue to grow. And so even though their losses are growing and it's now even $200, they still choose to hold onto a desperate and illogical hope that the price will come back up. They just keep buying more shares until finally they max out their purchasing power of their account. They can't buy any more shares. And finally, once they decide to sell those shares, all those shares that they accumulated, the loss is now over $1,000, which means they literally just gave back all the profits that they just made from all the nine trades, all that work that they just did from those nine trades, the $900 is gone. And they're ending the day at a loss. They're down $100. And so even though they were right 90% of the time, they ended their trading day with a loss because of poor risk management. That is how important risk management is. Because if you do not manage this properly, it doesn't matter how accurate you are. You're, you can give it all away. That, it can, that could be it. And so you really do have to understand how risk works. I think it really is the number one thing traders should understand because it's going to allow you in the long run to make consistent money and be profitable consistently. There's traders that I know that actually will have like a 5% accuracy rate, which means like one out of 20 trades, they make money. Yet they make, you know, two, $3 million a year. Because as soon as they're at a loss, they cut the loss. And so, you know, they have all these tiny little losses, but when they have a winner, their winner is massive. It completely overshadows the loss and it goes on even further. And that's another example of how powerful risk management is because their risk management, despite their accuracy rate being super low, right? They suck at predicting moves, but they're, but when it does happen, it's a massive move. And so at the end of the day, they still accomplish their goal. They're, ma they're making money. That's what really matters, right? Now there are problems with that. And we could talk about that. I could go on for hours talking about this stuff, but essentially, I hope you guys get a good understanding now, like just how important risk management is because it's not about chasing profits and trading. Like you, yes, you can chase profits. You'll get lucky. You'll make some money, but it's not going to be consistent. In fact, you're more likely that you just make that money and just give it back immediately and then some. And so it becomes problematic. Now, branching off of that, let's talk about minimizing losses then. Now, the 10% of traders who are consistently profitable, we all share one common trait is that we minimize our losses no matter what. We can accept that each trade will come with an inherent level of risk. And, you know, if we stick to the rules and allow them to navigate those risks and protect our money, we'll be okay. To be a good trader, you need to be disciplined and stick to your trading plan. That means understanding that cutting losses are just a part of trading and that other opportunities will appear to actually make up for it. Remember that despite what you see on social media, there's no such thing as a trader that is going to have massive amounts of profits that never take a loss. If you see someone on Twitter or on TikTok or on Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is, and they're coming at you and they're telling you, hey, I have this strategy where you will never take a loss. It's just constant wins. They're lying to you. They just want your money. It does not work. There's no holy grail, right? And once you realize that, it comes to the point where you just have to accept that taking losses is a part of trading. With my main account, you know, the, the half a million dollar one, 
I have about a 72% accuracy rate, which means that, you know, give or take, seven out of 10 trades I take are going to be winners. Three of them are going to be losers. Just consistently, just based off previous 12 months of history, I know statistically that's the likelihood. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, I still make massive amounts of money. And I just cut my losses fast. If you look at my small account challenge, right? My accuracy rate actually kind of went up. It went to around like closer, closer to 90% on all my trades. And yet still, I took losses. Today, I actually took two, three trades total. I had two winners, one loser, right? And I it's still pretty profitable. There are days where I will go ahead and I will be down. I'll, I'll lose like $4,000 and then I'll finish the day with $16,000 in terms of profit. It doesn't matter what the what the the fact that you took a loss. What matters is that you minimize that loss as much as possible. You don't have to try to avoid the loss. And if you guys want to go really deep on this stuff, I actually just put out a video this week talking about how I handle my losses. And so go check that one out. It's definitely much shorter than this video, I promise you, but still a lot of value. And it talks about the a lot of the psycholo psychological aspects about how to handle losses and how to actually learn from them so they're not in vain. But essentially, to be a good trader, you need to be able to handle losses properly. You know, profitable traders, we don't let a single bad trade ruin everything. And we actually stay focused on the future, on the big picture. Because remember, at the end of the day, what matters is that you're overall profitable. It doesn't matter if you lost some money today. It doesn't matter if you lost some money like two days in a row. So long as you're overall profitable in the long run, that's what matters. That's why we're here, right? And so being able to stay focused on the next trade and not allow previous bad trades to affect you is a skill that actually takes practice and awareness. You know, this is this was one of my biggest issues because I can tell you that very early on, I was able to make money with trading. I figured that part out pretty. It wasn't like the hardest thing in the world for me. Like it was hard, but like I figured it out. It was the first thing I figured out because I thought, you know, making money was the most important thing. But for me, I was not profitable because I was giving back all that money all the time. I could not cut a loss to save my life. I could not risk manage. I did not understand the trading psychology aspect of things and you know, it was three years of just taking losses, making some money, giving it back, and then some, and just constantly just repeating that cycle. And it sucks. And one thing that I ended up doing once I started becoming a little more profitable is I took a lot of my initial profits and I just invested it into just one-on-one -on -one sessions with a professional hedge fund trading psychologist. To put into perspective just how important these people are, they not only get paid, you know, millions of dollars a year by the hedge fund to train their traders on how to properly think, but they also get percentages of their traders' PL, of their traders' profits. So they get paid a you know a static amount of money, but they also get paid a percentage of how well their traders perform. That's how important this stuff is. And so I paid about $23,000 for you know a total of like 28 hours worth of sessions. And I can tell you that it was worth every single penny. I am completely laser focused when it comes to trades now. I rarely feel any emotions. And if I do, I'm able to cut that shit immediately and get back to discipline and get back to what needs to be done. And even days where I'm not as disciplined as I should be, I'm, most of the time I'm still making money. And so having this ability to be aware and just actually practice this stuff is really powerful in my opinion. Now, traders think about risk, gamblers think about profit. Now, this is something that might seem like a bit of a misconception. And 
a lot of people, they approach trades as like, oh, I have my profit target for the day. I'm going to make 5,000 today. I'm going to make 10,000 today. You know, here's why you shouldn't focus on profits as your target for each day. And it might seem a little counterintuitive because at the end of the day, yeah, we're here to make money, but try to think about it like this. If you only focus on profits, you're essentially giving yourself a reason to take riskier and riskier trades in order to actually make sure you're hitting your daily goal. If you only focus on the money, you'll inevitably sacrifice discipline and proper trading for what is essentially a gamble at hitting your profit target. You're basically throwing money at the wall. Like you're, you're giving yourself permission at the end of the day to just kind of take these desperate, you know, Hail Mary passes, throwing money at the wall and just hoping that something sticks. But remember that we're not here to gamble because gambling is unsustainable. You can't make consistent profits like that. A trader's goal should be to generate consistent profits, and that's only going to happen through skill. Engrave that into your mind. Because instead of focusing on making, you know, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 a day, and so on, focus on the skills that will lead you to taking good quality trades. Remember that if you only aim for profits, you might get lucky and make some money. You'll probably give it back. However, if you focus on the skill of being a good trader and taking good trades, it'll only be a matter of time for the profits to start rolling in. Now, I mean, the question remains then is like, do you want to take a chance at making, you know, some money or do you want to guarantee that in the long run, you're actually going to make money and just consistently just generate profits. And the cool thing with the skill is that, like I said before, is that it scales, right? And so let's say you're making, you know, a hundred bucks a day, which on average is about like 25 K a year. And that same skill, the more money you have, the more money you can make. And so all of a sudden, you know, a couple months later, you're at 400 a day. Now you're at 100,000 a year. And then from there, you go to 800 a day, now 200,000 a year. And then you go to 2,000 a day, right? 4,000 a day, that's a million a year. That's how this stuff goes because the skill is the same. You're taking good trades. That's what you're focused on. The money is just, is just a byproduct of the good skills. One thing that I like to do is actually I hide my profit and loss tab, like where I see like how much money I've made on the day. I hide that. I don't look at it. You guys can look at it. I have it available for you guys to look at on the screen, but I cannot see that. I check it, you know, periodically, but my goal is to focus on the trade and executing it as well as I possibly can. That's what really matters for me. And at the end of the day, it's resulted in me taking better and better trades consistently because I'm focusing on improving myself as a trader and improving my skill because I know that if I am a better trader, the money's going to improve anyways. All right. And so being great traders means being great at managing risk. Traders who don't prioritize risk management and only focus on potential profits are likely to actually end up with the rest of the traders who lose money in the markets. Remember that people lose money in the markets. It's just a fact. And it's because they try to focus on just, you know, gambling, taking profits and not actually focusing on risk management. Because if you are able to understand risk management, you're going to be able to tread water until you figure everything else out. Any mistake made in the market is one that can be avoided. I have seen countless traders lose money because they simply could not control their own impulses and manage the inherent risks in the trade. I was there too. If this is you, understand that I was there too. I could not control my own impulses. I lost entire accounts before, right? Because I did not understand the inherent risks of the trade. 
people want to make money quickly, but they don't want to follow the rules of risk managers to protect their accounts, right? You can make money as fast as you can, but if you don't protect that money, you're going to lose it, right? Poor traders will often actually change their risk management rules and strategies in the middle of a trade and attempt to actually make up for a previous mistake. And at the end of the day, the the day this only serves to extend the loss and will inevitably lead them to actually dig a deeper hole for themselves. You just start becoming more and more risky with your trades. And you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to lose money. One time out of 10, you might make some money, which is a bad thing in its own right because it teaches you a bad lesson. But at the end of the day, you're more likely to just make yourself a deeper hole. It's going to be hard to climb out of. And worst case scenario is that all of a sudden you blow up the entire account. The money's just gone. You can't trade anymore at all. Now, let's talk about the difference between trading and swing trading because they are not the same. Now, this should be made early on because I get this question a lot. Um, people ask me like, hey, like, why don't you hold overnight? Overnight trading is swing trading. Like if I hold from today and then I buy the stock today and I sell it tomorrow, that's swing trading. If I sell it three days from now, that's still swing trading. Two weeks from now, that's still swing trading. Now, swing trading is a bit of a gray area because it's kind of sometimes it gets in between day trading and investing, depending on how long you're holding it for. Because it's combining principles of day trading and investing. And you know, similar to day trading, you know, swing trading often involves temporarily purchasing the stocks with the goal of profit from short-term moves. Now, short term is a little bit of a you know catch-all term because it can it can mean you know anywhere between like a couple seconds, like what I trade, you know, 20 minutes, or it can lead to you know a couple weeks. But swing trading does separate itself from day trading in that instead of buying and selling shares within a single day, you are instead holding shares overnight. Now, if you hold any stock overnight, you are no longer day trading, you are swing trading. So keep that in mind. Now, why is this distinction actually important? Now, this distinction is important because it requires a drastically different type of stock strategy and mindset to successfully swing trade as opposed to day trade. You can compare the differences between swing trading and day trading to the differences between you know, running a food delivery company to running a restaurant. The end goal for both is the same, but each has specific characteristics that must be carefully considered as such. You know, operating under different time frames, you know, you have different business models, the customers are different, you actually even must uphold the different regulations. And so you should never apply the same methodology, the same strategies, the same you know, approaches to day trading as you would to swing trading because it won't work the same. For example, if swing traders typically only trade stocks that from companies actually have strong fundamentals similar to investors and that are actually extremely unlikely to lose their value overnight. But that also means that those companies are not going to skyrocket, you know, 100, 200, 300% in a single you know, two hour time period. It does not work that way. Now, I personally tend to avoid swing trades because I'm simply not able to sleep at night knowing that I have an open position that I don't have current control over. You know, if I'm sleeping or not sleeping in this case, and I'm looking at, you know, the computer, I'm not looking at the computer, I don't know what's going on. Stock could be tanking for all I know. I'm not going to be able to sleep at night. And that's why I've always avoided swing trading. Now, some traders, however, you know, the idea that they don't have to watch their position constantly might be a plus for them. You know, and uh, they can actually execute their buy order and put their stop in and they can just go about their day. I'm the type of trader that I'm, if I do that, I'm going to constantly check my phone. All right. I'm constantly looking like, oh, how's it doing? How's it doing? How's it doing? I know that it's going to take over my life. It's probably going to become an addiction. It's going to be problematic. 
For me, I prefer to just trade for my 30 minutes a day, make my money, walk away, that's it. If anything else happens during the day, that's fine. I miss out on it. I don't care. I made plenty of money. I'm cool. Now, one thing you should understand is that if you are a day trader, you should never, ever change your plan and go from a day trade that you're in currently into a swing trade at the end of the day just because you think it might continue to go up. Even if it means you end up at a loss, it's better to close out your day and close out your position since companies that are typically day traded aren't likely to actually hold any of the volatile gains that it's made during the day's move. That's another thing, right? Because I'm done for the day, I don't care what's going to happen you know, afterwards. The company could go bankrupt, like I said before. And one of the problems with these, you know, more volatile companies that, you know, that might go up, you know, 100%, 200% is that sometimes they go up 200% and then the next, and then overnight they go right back down to where they started. And so it's not a good idea to actually hold on to these positions. The idea is actually just make money from a small chunk of that move and then just move on with your day. And so these types of stocks that I trade or that, you know, day traders often trade, they're not really ideal for swing trading. Because you want to have confidence that the stock isn't going to go and crash back down overnight. And, you know, you actually want to have confidence that you can actually hold that position without having to worry about it. Now, now that we've covered differences between, you know, long bias traders, short bias traders, differences between day trading, investing, and swing trading, let's get into the two types of career traders. Retail traders and institutional traders. So... Retail traders are actually individuals that fall into the category that we are, right? So what distinguishes us as retail traders is that we are only managing our own funds, right? So I'm only managing my own money. I started off with, you know, $3,000 for one account, $3,700 for another account, but that was my money. It wasn't anyone else's money. And we're not actually working for any trading firm or hedge fund that handles other people's money. We don't have to be licensed. We can do whatever we want with our money. And retail traders can be part-time traders or even full-time traders. And they generally make up a very small percentage of the overall market participants. We are, we're, there's not that many of us out there. Now, institutional traders, on the other hand, these ones are like the classic Wall Street market participants, right? They work directly for investment banks. They work for hedge funds, mutual funds, the proprietary hedge fund trading. You know, they're the guys in the suits. They're the guys that are on the floor of, you know, the stock exchange, you know, with all the yelling, all that stuff. Very intense people. Most institutional traders, they base their trades on incredibly complex and fast moving algorithms called HFT algorithms or high frequency trading algorithms. These algorithms are designed by people at like MIT. They're designed by some of the smartest minds on the planet. They get paid very well for what they do and they are very good at it. These algorithms are responsible for deploying and executing the vast amounts of capital. You know, these hedge funds have billions of dollars at times and they're responsible for deploying this, all this money into the market and just to actually make the firm more money. Now, regardless of the overwhelming amount of resources that institutional traders have, right? Retail traders actually have a few advantages that allow us to actually be just as profitable for even less time and effort. So we actually have some advantages that make our lives easier, where we can make just as much money relative to our account size and actually less time with much less effort. It's really cool. And a lot of people don't realize this and they try to trade like banks, they try to trade like the big guys. And, you know, it's tough because you're competing in, you know, it's like it's like going from, you know, if retail trading is like, it's like I come in as a really good trader, like I have the same skills as an institutional trader, right? It's like coming in into Major League Baseball. I have the exact same skills as a Major League Baseball player 
But in retail trading, if I trade in the right space, it's like I'm coming with those skills and trading in like a little league, right? I'm going to smoke everybody. It's going to be absolutely killer, wipe out. I'm going to win. But if I go into the MLB, I'm trading against everyone else that's like that, except not only that, but they're also everyone's on steroids and I'm just completely natural. And so I'm automatically at a disadvantage because institutional, institutional traders, they have so much more capital. They have all these tools, all these you know complex algorithms. They have um, really expensive subscriptions to like more data. And so it's hard to actually for us to compete against them. Now, institutional traders, here's some of the things that they actually have to deal with. That makes our lives easier in comparison. Now, these institutional traders like banks or investment firms, they actually have a mandate to trade on behalf of their clients because they're trading other people's money and they're trading for the institution that they work for. They have to actively participate in the market despite market conditions or current trends. Like if the market is cold, nothing's happening, they still have to trade. If the market is in a bear market, they still have to do stuff with it. And so this can put them in a disadvantage compared to individual traders who have much more flexibility to actually choose when to enter or exit the market. Individual traders can actually wait for the most opportune moments to make their trades rather than actually being forced to trade according to a predetermined schedule or mandates. So we have much more flexibility to actually enter and exit when we want. We can actually wait for the best moments instead of actually being forced to get in on something that's actually not really the best time. And so we not only are more flexible, we can choose the best moments. We actually have access to better and better trades, easier trades too. And so another problem is that institutional traders often trade with large volumes. And so, you know, they trade with like millions and millions of dollars per trade. And this can actually make it difficult to find counterparties willing to actually make the opposite side of the trade. I talked about earlier in this video about how my mentor, he started his account with about $20 million. He cannot trade the same way I trade. That's why I didn't learn directly from him. I kind of had to learn things by myself because he did not know how I was supposed to trade. He has his way. I have my way. It's different. He has to be much more careful. He has to be much more slow. He has to be much slower with his positions. He cannot be as precise as I am. It's not as easy for him, right? And so this can often lead to bigger traders like institutional traders having to accept unfavorable prices or even make market moving trades that can actually affect the overall market. If you look at the stocks that I trade, right? These are called small cap stocks. They move very quickly, but they're you know smaller companies. They're like $200 million at most. These hedge funds, if they wanted to you know, take a piece of this action, they could just buy the whole company if they wanted to and have plenty of money left over. And so their own ability of capital can actually move entire markets all at once. Now, in contrast to this, individual traders actually trade in smaller volumes. You know, I would say a, a smaller volume could be as much as like, you know, half a million shares. That's still relatively small volume, depending on the price of the stock. And we can actually take advantage of a lot of market inefficiencies that may not be apparent to larger institutional traders. Had to replenish real quick. So because of this, it's actually important to remember that retail traders are hunters of volatility. We are looking for things that are moving extremely quickly in a very short period of time, either up or down. It doesn't matter. We're looking for things that are very just moving fast. This often means that the stocks that lead to these powerful moves are too volatile. They're too aggressive and a little too risky for institutional, institutional traders because their mandate is to protect and grow their clients' investments at all costs. 
Because if you think about it, if a stock moves too fast, they're not able to actually take the whole position. If they're trying to enter in with like a $3 million position, they can't get in with that full position, right? So like, why are they going to trade that? For us, because we have smaller share sizes, you know, even me with like my larger accounts, I can get in and out pretty much at will. It's not an issue for me. And because of that, I can actually make money off of these fast moves, unlike these institutional traders. Now, in contrast to the more volatile areas of the market, institutional traders are more likely to deploy their algorithms and stocks that are actually trading sideways or choppy. And these areas allow them to profit from thousands and thousands of small trades. So areas that are choppy, they're kind of just going like this, right? They're not really going up and not really going down. They're just kind of going sideways. And so they deploy, deploy these algorithms and they just capture, they buy low, sell high, sell, you know, sell high, buy low, just back and forth, back and forth, thousands of trades. And so individually, they're not making that much per trade, but over the course of thousands of trades, they make quite a bit of money. Now, unfortunately, as I said before, a lot of traders like us, especially when they're starting off, we don't realize that these have these powerful advantages over other traders. And we often just squander these actual potentials through undisciplined overtrading or trading the wrong things. And a lot of prospective traders and unprofitable traders will place blame on their lack of resources and account size. So they'll be like, oh, I'm not making money because I don't have a $100,000 account. I don't have a half a million dollar account. I get DM'd this all the time personally, which is one of the reasons why I actually decided to go ahead and make the small account challenge to prove to people to actually get them to stop just complaining all the time and making excuses that, hey, look, I had a $3,000 account. Now, 18 days later, it's $120,000. It's not about the money that you have. It's about the skill that you have to actually deal with it and the knowledge that you know of how to actually make the best of what you have. Remember that ultimately, the lack of their profitability, the lack of their consistent profitability is going to come from their greed and overtrading and their lack of self-discipline in managing the fears and the risks that come in the market. That's all it is. It's not, it's not the tools that they have. It's not the money that they have. It's them. And they don't want to accept that because it takes work to actually fix that stuff. So let's talk about what quality actually looks like, because we talked about a lot of risk here. You know, let's talk about what quality trades look like. In the trading world, prioritizing high quality trades is critical. Now, this approach emphasizes high probability trades and risk minimization, right? So we want high accuracy rates. So it means that we have a high confidence that we're actually going to make money for any given trade. And we want risk minimization, meaning that we're trying to keep our losses as small as possible. And so using a combination of technical and fundamental analysis to actually identify promising trade opportunities is useful. Now, traders use risk management tactics like stop loss orders to limit potential losses. So that, like a stop loss order is going to, if you, let's say, if I buy at like $10 a share and my risk is 10 cents per share and it hits my stop, it's going to take me out of the position. I don't even have to think about it. It's automatic. Really cool stuff. Traders will also develop a trading plan with specific criteria for recognizing high quality trades. So we know exactly step by step, this is what we're looking for. We're going to wait until this thing shows up and then we're going to take the trade because we know if we do this, we have a high chance of actually being right. And then we actually filter out the less promising ones. And this can actually be used in backtesting or, you know, sim account, the simulator trading or paper trading um, to actually evaluate whether or not the plan is going to be effective before we actually go live. This is why, this is how you actually do things properly. You have the tactics, you have the knowledge, you understand how to build a strategy, and you test the strategy for one, whether or not the strategy works and whether or not you can actually execute it properly in a simulated environment. 
Once you know that stuff, then you can go live because you've proven that you're able to be profitable on a consistent basis. This discipline and systematic method enables traders to focus on high probability trades and actually manage risk properly before actually risking funds in the live markets. Now, when talking about quality, while most stocks follow this overall market trend, some stocks are known as stocks in play. This means, this means that stocks are actually, you know, they're continuously moving. And these stocks typically have a unique fundamental catalyst causing them to move against the overall trend. So let's say the stock market, like right now, it's going down a little bit, right? It's, it's a little slower. But if you have a stock, like let's say a pharmaceutical company, where they just announced that they got FDA approval for a new drug that they spent, you know, $100 million to work on and they got FDA approval, they can start selling it, and they're gonna make a billion dollars off of this. That's a good catalyst. That's a good reason for the company to actually start skyrocketing in, in, in shares, because they took a risk with that research and development, and now it's gonna pay off. And people know this, and so people want a piece of that action. They want a piece of those profits, and so the stock price is gonna go up. And so these catalysts can include anything like earnings reports, FDA approvals, mergers, acquisitions, uh, contract gains or losses, you know, we have to be able to distinguish between catalyst-driven price action and just general market trends. Because remember that anything with a good reason to actually go in and make money is going to be the stuff that we want to look at. That's the thing that's going to, you know, just skyrocket all of a sudden. Now, traders can use stock scanners and actually engage with social media and trading communities to actually identify the focus of retail traders. Now, this strategy typically helps us actually identify stocks receiving significant attention, which might be more suitable for trading. You know, we should avoid slow moving stocks dominated by institutional and algorithmic traders as these are more challenging to trade. You know, yesterday it was really just fast paced trading. I loved it. It was so exciting. If you guys want to check out, it was um, day 17 of small account challenge. It's you know right on the YouTube channel. Um, very exciting stuff. Today was a little bit slower. And I talked about this on my TikTok. You know, it was a, it was a little bit, you know, didn't really have that juice on it. And so my profits were a little bit you know, lower. My trades were slower. I felt like I didn't really want to stick around too much. Um, and so I just called it a day early. You know, I'll, instead of making like, I made 24K yesterday, today I made like 1400. Big difference, but you know, things just have different levels of energy at different times. And so it's a good example of like how slow moving stocks isn't gonna make you as much money as fast moving things with a little more momentum on it. Now, Let's get to the part that, you know, I think is pretty important. It's actually defining your goals because you can't just come in and be like, I want to make five million a year. Well, we have to understand why we want to do that. So the first question we want to ask ourselves is how much money do you actually need to live comfortably like per your definition? Some people feel like they need, you know, 30,000 a year to actually live comfortably. Cool. Some people feel like they need a million a year to live comfortably. Everybody is different. I myself am extremely frugal. Like I not like not just like by like I'm gonna save my money. Just like I live a frugal lifestyle. Like I don't really enjoy super fancy stuff. I have really fancy clothes. I don't wear it. I'm wearing a Dungeons and Dragons sweater right now. So you know, I'm a nerd at heart. I don't know if you can see in the background here. It's all custom Legos. I love Star Wars. The only splurge I really have, to be honest, is custom lightsabers. So if you guys are Star Wars fans, you guys ever want to talk to me about that stuff? You know, DM me on TikTok, DM me on Instagram. I will give you my personal phone number and we can talk about this for hours. I've been absolutely loving what's going on. But, you know, I don't spend much of my money. I haven't spent more than 10% of my trading profits over the last two years, which is, you know, substantial. And so I get questions a lot like, hey, 
why don't you buy a car? Why don't you buy this stuff? Like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I just don't really feel the need to do it. You know, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm living very comfortably and I know in the future, like, yeah, I'll spend the money and stuff like that. But right now I'm happy where I'm at. And, you know, I think that's a really cool thing. And so understanding how much you actually need to live comfortably will help you actually, you know, achieve success better. So let's talk about how, you know, just making money in the markets works. There are about 252 trading days out of the year, right? So 250 days out of the year. And so if you average $1,000 a day, that's a quarter million a year in profits. And trading is a skill that lasts a lifetime. And with the advanced technology that we have, it can honestly be done from almost anywhere on the planet. If you guys don't know about um, you know, Elon Musk's company called Starlink, you basically are able to have access to internet from virtually anywhere on the planet. Pretty fast internet. You know, there's people in Antarctica that have implemented Starlink with internet. In the, literally the middle of nowhere and they are able to actually, you know, watch Netflix. Now, I've never heard of a trader that said they're going to quit trading because they're tired of making $1,000 a day, only working two hours a day. Now, if they can do it, there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to retire on the beach or in the mountains doing the same thing. Remember that 250 trading days out of the year, if you can average $1,000 a day, that's you know a quarter million a year. That's pretty good. That's an equivalent of an income of a $6.25 million retirement account. So $6,250,000 in a retirement account using the 4% rule for you guys that are you know fire fans. Um, it's a system that helps you retire early. Now, understanding this, like how, you know, defining like what's actually good for you. I skip something. I did skip something. Defining what's actually good for you is one of the most important steps. Like when I first started trading, all I wanted to do was actually make a hundred thousand a year, right? Because I had basically said I don't want to go to medical school. You know, it is about the money, but I would prefer to enjoy my life and not make as much money. I was going for radiology, so I was going to make you know at least half a million a year um, if I had gone through with that. And I was like, you know what? I actually don't need all that money but I would like to have the time back and actually be able to enjoy my life. And so when I first started trading, all I wanted to do was make a hundred thousand a year without having to work much. Now this is the equivalent to about $400 a day for the 250 trading days out of the year. It's not that much, right? It doesn't take that much effort to actually get to this level. So how did I do? And you know, I've talked about this before. Well, by the end of my first profitable year, I'd gone from a small $3,700 account to just over $100,000 in profits. So my first profitable year actually hit my goal. Pretty sweet. In my second year, I more than tripled that number. And I made about $380,000 in profits. Part of it's because, you know, I had more money to actually trade with. That was cool. And not only that, but because I wanted to prove to others that my success wasn't luck, I recently decided to actually make a small account and just see how far I could grow with it in 20 trading days. And, you know, again, I typed this out a couple days ago, so it's a little inaccurate, but I went from 3000 to over $90,000 in just 14 days. And I think I disproved a lot of people. And that's not even the best part. So remember that my goal was to make $100,000 a year and not work that much. Well, I'm pretty proud to say that since becoming profitable, I haven't spent more than an hour of trading a day 
in the last two years, with some days taking me as little as five minutes. Go look at day one of the small account challenge. It was $3,000 in one trade. I made a little over 700 and I called it a day right there because I saw that and I was like, okay, this is cool profits. Let's call it here. Let's not risk anymore. And we'll take it up again tomorrow. Let's take things slow at first and then we can start accelerating. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at any one of my live trades that I post here on my channel and just watch me do what I do. There are days where I take losses and I end up on a red day. Those are a little more rare for me, but almost every single day, there's some trade that I take and I just, it just doesn't work out, but I'm still overall profitable because that's what matters. Now, why do you care about this? You know, I, that's cool for you. Dog. Like, why do you, why, why should I care about your profits? I'm not you. How can I replicate this for myself? So here are the seven things you actually need to do in order to actually become a profitable trader. In my opinion, first is learn the core concepts, right? You can, you can learn the core concepts on your own. You can learn it on the internet. Um, you can learn it um, faster in a more structured way. Whatever works for you. The core concepts are the core concepts. Now, there are gonna be people that teach you correctly. There are gonna be people that teach you incorrectly. There are people gonna, gonna just, you know, you might go ahead and try to learn from someone and they're gonna omit some stuff to make it look like trading is just this super, just easy thing. It's all sunshine and rainbows. It's not. It's a phenomenal skill. You make a lot of money, but it's honestly hard. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It's hard to learn this stuff. Once you learn it, it becomes easier and easier. It becomes much more intuitive. You kind of get in this flow state of things, but learning it can be tough. And so learning the core concepts is the first step. After that, once you learn the core concepts, you understand things like, you know, um, how trading actually works, all that stuff. You learn a strategy. Now, strategy is basically the way you go ahead and you learn the core concept about how to find the best stocks. You understand how to actually find things every single day that's actually going to move. You understand, you know, some fundamentals about risk management, some fundamentals about trading psychology. You have the strategy now that allows you to actually go and capture profits on a consistent basis from the actual moves that you found, right? Because you can find the best moves. If you don't understand how to actually make money off of it, what, what good is it going to do you? Now, the third thing after that is learn advanced concepts and understand what the best tools are going to be to actually cater to your success as a trader, right? There are so many brokers out there, so many platforms, so many software. It's hard to actually determine what's actually the best thing. For me, for example, my favorite software is Sterling Trader Pro. I, it's basically like I grew up on a thing and it's really catered towards traders. It's not for investing. It's not for anything like that. It is extremely reliable, very bare bones. It has every single tool that I could ask for. You know, it has things like hotkeys, it has direct order routing. It's extremely, I've never had a crash on me, never frozen up, nothing. It is phenomenal. I cannot highly recommend it enough. You have to understand how to use these things. And, you know, it's not the hardest thing to learn, but you have to be able to pick the right thing. You know, it's it's tough. I went through multiple platforms. I went through E-Trades platform. I went through Sterling Trader Pro. I went through uh, TD Ameritrades, uh, Thinkorswim. I've you even use Robinhood. If you're a trader, don't use Robinhood. Just I'm saying that right now. I've actually traded on Webull recently because I had students ask me about Webull. So I decided to actually, you know, do a relatively small account just to see how it works. Um, I've tried a bunch of stuff and I can tell you that in my opinion, you know, the best free option, Webull, the best, um, the best paid option, Sterling Trader Pro. That's just my personal opinion from what I've experienced. 
Once you understand the stuff, develop a trading plan so that you know every single day what your rules are, what your risk management is, you know, how you're going to execute the trades, what everything is going to go. And that helps everything stay structured. It also helps you keep a long-term perspective because you can actually plan out these milestones for yourself. So that in the beginning, like, yeah, you might not feel like you're making that much money. You might be making like 200 bucks a day, which is like 50K a year. You might be making not that much. But, you know, as you make more money, your account grows, which means you can take larger trades, make more money consistently, just so on and so forth. And so if you look at your trading plan, you've projected all the amounts you're going to make. Like, yeah, you uh, for me, like I might look at the thing and, I, and when I first started, I'm like looking, OK, I'm going to make 400 bucks a day in the beginning. And then I stick to this. And so I'm making 100K a year right now on average. But I stick to this in six months from now, I might be 800 a day. That's 200K a year. And then I might be at a thousand a day a year from now, right? So that's 250K a year. And it just goes up from there. And so having a trading plan and being able to keep these long-term big picture perspectives is going to help you avoid taking stupid mistakes and just taking risky trades for no reason. Now, once you have a trading plan, you're going to follow that in a simulator. I emphasize this quite a bit in this video for a reason. You don't want to take the stuff that you haven't really practiced yet in the live markets because you don't know if it's going to work yet, right? Unless you have something that's already proven to work, even then you want to make sure you can execute it properly. Trade in a simulator first. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. You're more likely to regret it if you actually go live and just lose your entire accounts because you didn't know what you were doing properly. You hesitated. You didn't have the conviction to actually follow things. But trade in a simulator. Prove profitability, develop internal convictions so that you don't hesitate when it comes to trades. You actually do things right. Once you're trading the simulator, start reviewing your metrics. If you guys don't know this about me, I'm actually a data scientist by kind of like trade. Um, I studied computer science after college. And, you know, for the first year of trading, I did just a lot of contract work because I wasn't sure if trading was going to be a long term thing, if it was going to make me the kind of money that I wanted. So I was still doing contract work. And so I'm a huge proponent of actually focusing on the data that you get out of your trades and analyzing the metrics, trying to pull out insights that you can actually use to improve your trading. And, you know, it sounds harder than it actually is. It's really just uploading your trades on a spreadsheet and looking at the patterns, looking at, okay, if I'd cut the loss here, I would have made more money this month. If, you know, why did I cut the loss here? What could I have done better? That's really all it is. And if you guys want to look at how I approach, you know, handling and learning from losses, go watch that video I mentioned before. I just put it out today. It's, you know, how I handle losses, especially it's geared towards beginner traders. And then finally, once you do all that, once you prove yourself consistently profitable, then you can start trading with real money. But only once you've demonstrated consistent profitability in the simulator. And then once you start, you start with small amounts, and you scale up slowly. And remember, you're focusing not on the profits initially, you're focusing on the skill. Because if you can master the skill, the money will follow. It's just a matter of time. But that's pretty much it for this video. And I know this was a relatively long one. Thank you for actually sticking with me for this entire video. I hope you guys enjoyed this and actually found this value. And if you do want to learn everything that I know about trading, and you guys don't want to wait for you know the next two years for everything to actually you know slowly come out and stuff like that. If you want to learn everything that has allowed me to make multiple six figures a year with less than an hour of work each day, all as a guy in his 20s, you know, I'm light years ahead of people in, uh, in my age group, then click that first link in the description and apply to actually work with our team. Now, it is apply. It's not just, you know, some course that you can just click add to cart and buy. The reason for this 
is that unfortunately, trading is not for everyone. It does take a certain mindset. And like I said before, I have family that has lost a lot of money with trading because they had a gambling mentality and that is not what trading is. Trading is not gambling. Trading is focusing on acquiring the proper skills that you can actually make consistent profits. That is the goal. And so we have you guys apply to work with us. We can kind of vet you. We jump on a phone call. We jump on, you know, uh, on, on a Zoom call. And we kind of talk to you. And we ask you questions to kind of see how you operate, how you think, so that we can actually properly gauge whether or not you're going to be a good fit with us. Because we are not going to accept you unless we are 100% sure that we are going to be able to properly teach you what we know. That's the whole purpose of what we're doing. And so if you are picked, right, if you are accepted, understand you're being picked by people that have done what you're trying to do. We understand what success looks like. We understand what failure looks like because we were there ourselves. And so we know exactly what it takes. And so if you are picked, you know, keep your head up high. Know that you've been picked by people that know, know what they're doing and that you should take that as a sign that you have a higher chances of success than, you know, the average person that we did not pick. But again, thank you so much for watching this video. Leave a like, subscribe if you want to see more content. Let me know what else you want to see. I promise not every single video is going to be this long. Um, go check out that other video on how I handle losses. Really valuable stuff. And go check out my other trades. Go check out the small account challenge. See what you guys think. And um, again, let me know in the comments what else you want to see. I'm trying to post a lot more content in the near future. And so I've been trying to plan everything out in the last couple of weeks. And um, you know, things are really going to start kicking up in terms of speed and just posting more stuff, more value. Check out my other social media pages. Um, it's all conquest underscore trader on everything. TikTok, Instagram, all that stuff. Go look me up. Um, a lot of content, a lot of value. That's my goal right now. And yeah, just let me know. And again, thank you so much for watching and I'll see you guys in the next video. Bye.